Welcome to the monthly View from the Edge for December 2023. I'm Fritz Foltz, the Chief Investment Strategist here, and joining me once again is Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research, Deputy Chief Investment Officer here at 3Edge Asset Management. Today, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets, which is based on our proprietary 3Edge research model. Before we get to that, we'll take a brief look back at the activity in the global capital markets during the month of November, which was a very strong month across the board for almost every asset class in what might be best described as an almost everything rally. And they say almost because the value of the U.S. dollar actually fell fairly dramatically in November. But both U.S. and, and ex-U.S. equities rose along with treasury market prices as yields on bonds with longer maturities declined and the price of gold rose by 2.5%. And it reached an all-time high in early December, which I think Eric will touch on uh, as we go into the asset classes in more depth. And perhaps the best way to understand what happened in November is to realize that during the month, the consensus on Wall Street shifted. It shifted away from the story that the Fed would need to keep interest rates higher for longer to a new narrative that would say that not only is the Fed done raising rates, it will begin to cut rates in the first half of next year. And this shifting consensus on Wall Street led to that rally. Uh, declined the value in the, of the dollar in that sort of multi-asset class uh, rally during November. And what happened in November reminded me of something that Morgan Housel said, uh, something to the effect that in the end, the valuation of every company, stock, bond, and real asset is simply numbers from today multiplied by a story about tomorrow. And in November, the story on Wall Street shifted dramatically. However, that was then, and this is now, because on Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released a jobs report for November, and that came in much stronger than forecast. The unemployment rate actually went down, hourly wages increased, and so this report, you know, could have the consensus flip back to the Fed needing to keep interest rates higher for longer. So... As the folks on Wall Street grasp at assigning the appropriate narratives to the markets, let me bring Eric in here to the conversation. Let's see what our model research is telling us about what may lie ahead for the global capital markets in the last month here of 2023 and then into 2024. So let's have Eric begin with a review of our asset class matrix. So I'll turn it over to you, Eric. All right. Great summary, Fritz. Yeah, we'll touch on a lot of the, the things you mentioned there. I think, as you can see here from the asset class matrix, a uh, little bit of movement, and some some might be surprised by by one of the particular movements here that we'll touch on, uh, which is U.S. equities moving into that mixed spot. Uh, we've obviously, no doubt, anyone who's been listening to us for some period of time has heard us discuss the idea that U.S. equities are very overvalued, and yet here we are now, at least moving it up to the mixed uh, camp. So we're getting closer to an outright positive outlook potentially. Uh, so more to come on that, and the other notable. Uh, I suppose arrow that we can see here is rates moving from that negative one also up to that mixed spot. Uh, but I'm sure we'll dive into the, the details of these. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's do that. Let's dig into the major asset classes, beginning with equities. And let's begin with, you know, the U.S. equity market, which, as I mentioned, had a heck of a month in November. Sensing a little nervousness about it now. But what is the model saying? <laughs> yeah, no doubt November was a, a solid month. You know, I think... 
the major theme, the major theme that has taken place, as you alluded to, is that change in narrative. We've seen that shift from the potential that the Fed may continue with hikes or maybe just pause and hold rates higher for longer to this new narrative that suggests the Fed is likely to reduce rates, that they've threaded this needle on avoiding a recession, success in bringing down inflation while not meaningfully increasing unemployment. You know, this so-called soft landing scenario or even a Goldilocks scenario, right? Not too hot, not too cold, just right. So research has moved U.S. equities to a more neutral mixed outlook, as we just stated, which is saying something considering the amount of time we've been saying that, you know, U.S. equities are overvalued. And that hasn't changed. They're still overvalued as we measure it. And we've noted some widening in certain credit spreads that we track. That's a potential negative. And the yield curve we measure remains inverted, signaling the potential for slower growth ahead, right? So these are, this is a good list of reasons to be concerned still. Um, that said, as this narrative has changed, so too has our investor behavioral outlook as we track and measure it. And that is a positive, and that's positive enough to more or less offset some of these negatives. Uh, you know, so the model has this more mixed neutral outlook now in the near term. Right. Excellent. All right. So let's, uh, let's look at Japanese equities. Uh, also had a strong month of performance last month. Uh, looks like the model continues to find them attractive. What are we seeing there? Yes, remain. They remain having this positive outlook. They increased about six percent during November, almost up sixteen percent on the year through through the end of November. Uh, we find small cap value Japanese stocks uh, even more attractive too, given that they're even more undervalued than their large cap counterparts. You know, I would say if there's a note of caution to our the, the outlook here for J Japanese equities, it's with the potential for the Bank of Japan to indicate the end of their negative interest rate policy. One of the last remaining holdouts here. This belief could lead to a sharp strengthening in the yen, a bit we've already seen, which may hurt exporters a bit, uh, though may be helpful for the smaller firms who serve their domestic base, benefiting from that stronger currency. So overall, still attractive for now, but keeping an eye certainly on the actions by the Bank of Japan. All right, let's shift gears, look at European equities, which I also had a good you know, month of November, right? So what's the model saying about Europe? Yeah, uh, as, as you said, the everything rally, European equities were part of everything and also rallied in November. You know, on the positive side, we are seeing some tightening of, of certain credit spread measures that we measure for the region um, from shorter term positive momentum and psychology sentiment. Uh, but our overall outlook does, you know, for the region does remain negative, uh, largely based on the shape of the yield curve as we calculate it. And that just signals the potential for continued slowdown in, in the European economy. Excellent. All right. So now we'll move over to Asia and look at China, but also all the other emerging markets uh, as well. And um, I don't know, China to me is really interesting just because there's so much bad news uh, in the price. But anyway, let us know what the what the model is telling us about EM uh, and about China. Still, still constructive, favorable on on China and EM more broadly speaking. A uh, bit of a contrarian view for sure. Uh, no doubt, Chinese equities have had a challenging year this year in 2023. We've seen you know con continued woes in the the property sector, uh, in addition to the recent debt downgrade that Chinese debt um, in the shorter term uh, is having, and fears are growing about that that large amount of Chinese debt and the ability to service that debt should interest rates rise too much. So that these are there are legitimate concerns, and there is rationale why investors have largely been exiting China uh, rather than uh, putting money into it. Uh, that said, we do find, you know, 
that area of EM broadly, China specifically, to be very undervalued. Um, so that's attractive. And we're continuing to see this rise in the shorter term yields, which may suggest the potential for, from growth from this low level. You know, however, it is, you know, we have to have a bit of caution here because as these yields continue to rise at the short, the short end of the yield curve, uh, this moves the yield curve in an inverting direction, which signals just the opposite. So you have competing forces at play here. For the time being, still constructive, but we're, we're certainly monitoring this situation. Excellent. All right. So last of the equity asset classes is India. What are we seeing there? Yeah, no shock. Uh, India's market also rose in November, but the outlook is still a bit concerned. Indian equities remain overvalued by our measure. Yield curve measure that we construct for the region remains a bit of a headwind, and we need to see a bit more uh, steepening there, perhaps, to to really get uh, India uh, out of this more uh, uh, you know neutral kind of um, outlook that it's in. All right, excellent, Mar. Right, so moving on away from the equity markets, the fixed income and the bond markets. Um, U.S. Treasury market went up in price, down in yields in November. But uh, what is our research indicating now as we are in December and looking at the turn of the calendar into 24? Yeah, well, as we discussed in October, right, investors were concerned that the Fed would need to keep interest rates higher for longer to battle inflation. Right. And we saw the yield on the 10-year Treasury rise to around 5% intra-month. Then all that changed in November as we saw this narrative shift to one where we've reached peak rates and the Fed will actually begin to cut rates in early 2024, as you, as you pointed out. And this seemingly helped push Treasury yields back down. So given this shift in consensus, our model has indicated that, that some lengthening duration could be appropriate in the near term, hence us, as we said at the outset in the asset class matrix, moving up to that mixed spot. You know, we're, we're implementing this through the use of intermediate duration tips or treasury inflation right. protected securities. Uh, but, you know, inflation risks remain, increasing supply of government debt issuance that's been coming, that's concerning. So, you know, not a slam dunk from, from the, uh, at least the researcher's perspective at this point. Absolutely. Okay. And let's talk about the corporate bond market, often re referred to as the credit markets. What are we seeing there? Yeah, we're, we're still a bit concerned here. Measure of the U.S. yield curve remains inverted, as we talked about, which signals the potential for potential slowdown ahead. Um, and, you know, shifting dynamics in the equity market, the credit outlook could shift as well in the months to come. So there's mm -hmm. something we'll be watching to see if there's a better, more opportune time. But for the time being, still a bit cautious uh, overall on credit. All right, great. All right, let's go into the world of real assets. Uh, look at gold and commodities, uh, beginning with gold. Yeah, the price of gold rose by 2.5% November. Uh, during the first days of December, you, you, as you touched on, the, the price of gold yeah. bullion, dollars per ounce, reached an all-time high, over $2,100. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's retreated a bit from there since it touched on that. Um, on the year, gold is up around 10%, which is interesting since it's increased in value, even in the face of rising real yields, which usually is, those right. usually move uh, in opposite directions. You know, so some of the reasons perhaps that gold has remained attractive, that it's attracted uh, investor capital throughout the year is likely due to significant uh, buying by foreign central banks to become less dependent on the U.S. dollar. Uh, and no doubt because of the heightened geopolitical environment that we've been in. So the long-term outlook, as we've said for some time, remains very positive towards gold uh, as it can serve as a better hedge to you know, bonds in, in a potential equity market sell-off. Uh, so time will tell to see if, if in the shorter term, perhaps if real rates continue their, their recent declines, we might see the model uh, turn more favorable uh, on gold. All right. And then the other real asset class that we follow is uh, commodities. and. 
I guess maybe yeah. we're waiting to see what happens in China in terms of their economy. Is that right. is that accurate? Exactly right. We're seeing, you know, weakening Chinese currency, the yuan, um, certain, you know, broad, you know, certain measure of credit spreads that we look at in the U.S. are widening as well. So that that just that gives a little bit of pause for for a big investment at this point in commodities. But if we do see a turnaround and there's more of a global growth story, particularly out of China, I think that that, that would have a meaningful impact on the commodities model. Excellent. All right. Great. Well, thank you, Eric, for providing the update on our uh, outlook for the global capital markets here in the final month of 2023 as we are poised to turn the calendar into 2024. And it's nice to have the barometer of the model as opposed to trying, you know, flipping back and forth between narratives, you know, what's going to happen. So uh, that's very helpful. Thank you for your insight. So that will do it for Eric and me for this month's edition of The View from the Edge. We will be back again in January of 2024, next edition of the monthly Three Edge View from the Edge. And Steve Cucchiaro and I will be back next week with the latest edition of the Three Edge Week in Review. Now, if you'd like to get a hard copy of the Three Edge View from the Edge newsletter for December, you'll find it on our website, and that's 3edgeam.com. And our entire library of video content is also on our Three Edge YouTube channel. And if you think that someone you know may benefit from our Three Edge videos, please feel free to share them. So, <clears throat> excuse me, on behalf of Eric and everyone here at Three Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in View from the Edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. This commentary is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their financial advisor. The observations include information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments, including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs, all involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.